if you want to go down to the stream to get some fish, but you don't have a pole or a string or a smaller fish, we'll grab that darn axe and you'll be all set. You'll be eating fish. It's axe fishing. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Axe Fishing, a podcast where three average guys from the Midwest normally talk about most everything that comes to mind. But for the next foreseeable future, we will be having more specific uh, podcasts, more focused on Halo. With Halo Infinite coming out in roughly 28 weeks, we decided to replay all the Halo games, tell you what we think, talk about history of Halo. And everything about Halo, Halo, Halo. Halo. So, uh, let's get into it. Uh, I'm your host, Dave. I'm also your host, Blaine. And I'm your AI companion, Andrew. Jack, jack me in, Chief. Let's get to work. you right now. I'm jacking you hard. Uh, uh, Would have been your daddy, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Blaine. You yeah. are kind of the reason why we're doing this. I know Dave yeah. gave a brief ex- explanation, but like, what, what, why did you text us one morning and ask if we wanted to play all the Halo games? Honestly, I have I have no idea. Um, I <laughs> I know Halo Infinite is coming out in six or so months, seven months. Um, a game we know nothing about. Yeah, there's like zero information. Uh, this uh, is maybe you guys don't know anything about it. <laughs> yeah, Dave's uncle works at. Bungie Soft. Dave, and, Dave's uh, uncle, Marty O'Donnell. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's end of May here, and the soonest we'll know, I would assume, is something is in July, and then the game is supposed to come out four months after that, uh, yeah. which is amazing, considering that it's going to release with the new Xbox Series X. Oh, right? already. Yeah, well, I... <laughs> I, I don't know, right? Like they just keep really... adding X's. It's it's something else. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I figured you know it'd be cool to play through all the games, and what a what a what what better way to play it than play it with friends, but not actually play it with friends. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the weird part. We didn't play any co-op yet. But yeah, this no. is this is our first episode, uh, creating a podcast to go along with playing the games. Uh, each episode is going to be about half a game. We figure, um, but yeah, about five missions, depending on which game it is, and uh, kind of the intro to Halo here um, is uh, apparently it started back the the actual Halo game. Uh, Bungie is the creator. Started back in 1999, and this game released in November 15th, 2001, which is amazing that a game like this can be created in that short of time. Which Makes it more amazing is started off as a, an RTS, which is a real time strategy. Think StarCraft or Age of Empires, um, and then they they liked how the warthogs drove around, and they liked driving them. So the camera really? was third person for a long time, and that's then, what it was. Yeah, they loved the, they loved the. Okay, well, yeah, boy, I, warthogs are awesome. I've got some opinions <laughs> on warthogs. Go on. <laughs> Well, so, it, you know, it, it was supposed to be a top-down, um, and the, the big thing from what I, I read was they were trying to figure out a way, instead of just point-and-click on the PC, pick a guy, move him here, it was, how can we move people differently? And so mm-hmm. it was really, you know, hop in the Warthog, drive it around, shoot the bad guys. Um, and over time, the, the game, the camera just moved in more and more and more until it 
became a first-person shooter. And that was right around when Microsoft actually bought out Bungie Studios from uh, Apple. Uh, and so it's weird that this was originally an Apple game, <laughs> but turned into a Microsoft game. Yeah. Um, and allegedly about 90% of the game was completed in six months. Christ. And for how big this game is and how beautiful it is, at the time, again, 2001, this was back in a time where George W. Bush was president and war in Afghanistan started, 9-11. Uh, Jesse yeah. Ventura was a governor in Minnesota. Perfect. Jesse the body. Jesse the body. An independent, mind you. Um, yeah, they're, they're just forever ago, literally 19 years ago. Um, so I have no idea, like, typical build time of a video game, obviously, but that seems rather quick. Yeah, especially, I don't know, maybe, Andrew, you can talk to this more, but I, I feel like games are under development for five-plus years for big AAA titles. Games these days tend to be, right, like your Call of Duties, let's say. Um, yeah. I mean, they, the reason that they can release an annual Call of Duty is because they've got uh, three different development studios working on games nonstop, so they just kind of rotate which studio gets to release their game that year. So they're they're working on their games like for three years at a time, um, and they have hundreds of hundreds of people across the world making a game. So I, I imagine at the time in two thousand one, yeah, I guess I don't really know what the the regular development cycle would be, you know, back then. But it, it is pretty amazing that they could pull it all together in what like six months is what you said. Yeah, Nin- yeah, allegedly, yeah, ninety percent of the game was done in six months. Well, especially yeah. for how, like Blaine said, how big and awesome it is like it's it doesn't feel rushed at all right it feels entirely complete you would not assume and maybe it wasn't rushed but you know it mm-hmm. i don't know i wouldn't change a thing about it yeah it well for as big of a game as it ended up being um really i think probably the reason why we have xboxes today uh, <laughs> I it it is pretty amazing that they were able to, you know, pivot from making an RTS on a Mac to a first-person shooter on a new console that uh, had never existed before. You know, so plus they were moving from mouse and keyboard literally to controller and the original Xbox controller. I think what is it called? The Duke. The Duke. We affectionately called it the hamburger because it's just a hamburger giant. Yeah circular looking oh man twister mat <laughs> yeah it was a beefy boy mm-hmm. yep left hand on x anyway well um that is certainly an interesting history of halo and i'm sure you will you know the more we talk about it the more we'll we'll bring up some other things but um as dave mentioned or as it has been mentioned uh, for this first episode, we are going to talk about just the first half of the campaign for Halo Combat Evolved. Game Halo 1, Combat. half 1. Yeah, the uh, probably uh, least remembered subtitle of a game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Combat, Combat Evolved. Well, and apparently it was a Microsoft uh, marketing ploy of it was really just going to be called Halo. And they're like, no, 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 no. That's That's... That's too vague. We can't just call it Halo. It can't be just Halo. It added in Combat Evolved. And really? Yeah. Interesting. 
I mean, to be fair, how many... Okay, so this is just my personal experience. I had never really played a first-person shooter that had two analog sticks. Like, the the, the using um, the one to move, the other to look, that was kind of a new thing at the time, I, I'm imagining. Like, the, the only other first-person shooters that I had ever played at the, were, like, GoldenEye. Like Goldeneye. Yep. Yeah, you know, Perfect Dark. All, yep. You know, the ones on Nintendo 64. They only had one analog stick. Right. Um, yeah, you know. and that's that's why it's Halo took off probably the way it is. It's they did controller scheme and they did it right mm-hmm. from the get go, which is just amazing. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you go from Goldeneye, which if you go back and play your your rose tinted glasses, they, they oh, it's just garbage. It's so it does bad. Not hold up very well. Yeah, <laughs> it does no. not hold up. Well, especially with so the controls with Halo, basically until like every first person shooter took on those controls for the longest time until like aiming down sights became a thing in one of the call of duties right at least that's how i remember it it was halo got it right every other game that was the controls and you could just pick up any first person shooter and you know oh okay it's gonna be you know i know exactly what everything does because of halo right yeah all right so let's jump into that to that campaign um yeah, so well, I guess pillar of autumn. Pillar of autumn. Well, so uh, let's let's sort of you know establish the setting a bit. Um, the the campaign of Halo uh, takes place in the year twenty five fifty two. The humans of Earth have expanded beyond Earth. Uh, there are many colonies within not just the solar system but uh, the galaxy. Um, there's a a sort of standard uh what is it what is what's the the the, the branch of the military that takes UNSC? It's the UNSC yeah what is that the United uh Navy Space Corps I have no idea I think that's <laughs> it I actually think he got it in one got got it in one <laughs> all right um anyway so you know roughly there there's you start the game out on a spaceship um going from um what are they doing they're going well, from briefly colony. mentioned that they're leaving reach they're leaving reach oh yeah. God cortana damn. mentions that which is going to be spoiler alert uh future episode yeah but, by uh, the way i just looked this up it's the united nations space command yep okay. <laughs> i was gonna jump in but you got it all right so, uh, yes, thank you for that. So, yeah, the you are you are on board the UNSC Pillar of Autumn. You are emerging out of slip space, which is you know this universe's version of uh, light speed jump drive. Um, after the fall of Reach, um, which is just a throwaway line in this game, um, but because it was such you know a popular game, there have been books, there have been games. We'll get to eventually uh, that establish that uh, when well, they, they didn't say the follow reach. All they say is um, they followed us from reach. I think is the line that Cortana says. Well, fair and enough. And then that's it. All right. So jump right in. So that's that's the other thing I liked about the game, right? So I, I like the so that's the, like the full history, right? But when you actually join the game, you're like it zooms in on a ship, stops Cortana, how they hit or like what hit us or something like that, and then it's just. Except the plot, everything's mm-hmm. bad. You're woken up to save the day and go right. get it right. 
And I yes. just I think that's really cool how it just dives right in. Like you you just have to accept everything immediately and then you're just saving a spaceship. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, immediately introduced to uh Captain Keys. Um the the sort of, you know, the head officer on board of the uh, Pillar of Autumn, uh the onboard uh artificial intelligence uh named Cortana. Um and and then introduced to the aliens who have attacked your ship, the Covenant. Um which is more of a conglomerate of alien races who um are allies and are hell bent on wiping out um, the other races uh, in the galaxy. Uh, so yes, you are you are Master Chief Petty Officer John One One Seven, a super soldier created by humanity to fight such things as the Covenant. Um, Oh, armor is he wearing, Andrew? Yeah, uh, yeah. The Spartan Twos. I am reading the Halopedia <laughs> article here. Um, so also, what's cool about that? Kind of go back to what I said before, right? So like, you find out kind of later, unless you do like you know dig into it right when you started playing the game. There's right one. So after you meet Captain Keys, they realize that the ship's going down, right? So you got to get Cortana off because she not only is like the pilot of the ship or the AI, but contains I believe it's launch codes or landing codes that they specifically mention for Earth. And so she can't yeah. She can't get captured. And so she they like you pull her out in your jump drive, essentially. Yeah. And he plugs it into his helmet, and then that's the first sense you get that he is not human, right? Because she says your architecture is similar to that of the autumn. And yeah. like the first time you play that, at least because I didn't know that, right? I went in fairly blind on backstory. And I was like, what? Is she talking about like his suit? But she doesn't say suit. She says your architecture. Now it's kind of your first hint that this dude is something special. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, I always assumed he was human, but like I, I never really paid attention to that line of, yeah, your architecture is similar to the giant spaceship that we're flying, which is just. Yeah. Honestly, realistically, probably just a throwaway line of this is fancy, you know, future talk of <laughs> I'm a robot or I'm an AI and I can look into your mind. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but uh, talk about the actual game. So you guys set up kind of the, the background here yep. of the, the first mission. Uh, so it's a lot of cutscenes right away from the get go. Yeah, explaining mm-hmm. the story. But the cutscenes are awesome. Like, it's. You have a bunch of sh- soldiers running around. You have warthogs driving around. You have ships flying around inside this giant ship that's being shot at by some unknown enemy. We don't actually see the bad guys. But, you know, Cortana says she's shot down a couple by herself. And it, there's just, like, a lot of moving things. And you get the sense of urgency behind this in the first 30 seconds. Like... You know Before something. You're even controlling anything. Yeah, right. You you know something is going down. You know this is crazy last ditch effort. The captain is going to go down with his ship, and you need to protect her. And we got to save Earth. And it's like mm-hmm. they thrust a lot on you, but it's <laughs> it's told in a way that it's easy to digest, but also like you kind of just go with it and go, yeah, yeah, we yeah. need to do this. Before you're even given a gun. 
Yeah, I was just gonna say you get woke, so you get woken up. So everything's going bad, right? And there's the cut scene where basically, like you said, everything's bad. Cortana's shooting down stuff. Everyone's getting to their fire stations. People are running around. Warthogs are going. And then it's wake up our friend. And so it's like immediately established. Master Chief is a huge deal. Like he needs to come save all of us, right? And then right away, the dude that wakes you up, you run out of one room, immediately blows up and dies. And you don't have a gun. And you're just like, what is going on? So it's, you have to run through several rooms. You know, yeah. I'm not trying to count, but before you, like, they're shooting that you have to run through with no weapons. You don't really know what's going on. Um, yeah, I don't even think that, I don't even think you get to see any Covenant by that point, right? Um, There's just, I think you people can. Shooting, if you... People shooting into darkness or into fire, but I don't know. I thought I saw I don't, either way. It's but there's there's definitely a sense of chaos, um, and it's it it also acts as like the tutorial of okay, here's how you crouch. You crouch under the thing. Here's how you jump. Right. You jump over the thing. Like, but instead of the well, in the original one, it was they would kind of test you, and you'd look up and you'd follow the cursor, and then it would ask if you wanted to invert the controller or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, as you go. It would, yeah. It, it taught you like there was no stupid. Okay, we're gonna start at the shooting range and move right. through this and jump over this. Like, yeah, this game did that so right, where it just throws you into the action. Obviously, it's kind of railroaded, but I, I don't. That's the whole game too. Well, but that's just that this style of game, right? It's a first-person yeah. shooter. There's a there's an entrance and there's an exit to the level, and it yeah. just that's what you do. Right. Um, but yeah, I just think it's it's great. And then you're handed, you know, a pistol right away, which mm-hmm. you, you later find out is the best gun in the game. Yeah, <laughs> right? they give they give you the power weapon yep. <laughs> from the start. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this, this game should be called Halo the the pistol. This is not <laughs> combat evolves. <laughs> uh, we should. So when we decided to play this, uh, we. They said we're going to play in Heroic. So if you're not aware, there's four different um, difficulty levels, and Heroic is the second to the highest, just south of Legendary, which I believe they claim, what's the, well, how is it wording? Like, this is the way Halo is meant to be played? Uh, Probably. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't say it here. One of the games, I think it says that. Yeah. Oh, 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 which, by the way, too, um, before I forget, the oh gosh, Sarge, I forget his actual name. Um, Johnson. Giving, Johnson. yeah, Sergeant Johnson. Yeah, right away in the beginning, he's giving a speech to all the Marines in the first cutscene. And depending on the difficulty you select, he changes up his his speech. So hmm. it's you know, I, I forget how it all goes, but on easy, it's like we're gonna stomp them, blah blah blah. And by legendary, it's like you're all gonna die, but blah blah blah. <laughs> it, it, which is such a cool little, like, yeah. I've One never... of the many little things that like makes the game just that much more like memorable. Like there's thought and I don't know heart put into put into the the, the game from yeah. start to finish. I guess I forgot about that. Uh, I skipped the first cutscene on accident because I was trying to switch from the anniversary edition graphics to the old graphics and it skipped the cutscene. So that's another thing that I really like about. So we were playing this all on the Master Chief Collection, just because 
simplicity, right? It's you download one thing and it's all there. Um, but there's a really cool feature. I really like the feature that you can switch between how it was originally made and the remastered stuff. And I, uh, the first time I played this, I switched back and forth a lot. This time I've been trying to keep it more in the original setting. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how have you guys, Blan, I know you mentioned you're switching back and yeah. forth. Did you land um, on anything or are you still jumping? So I was switching back and forth a lot. And then I think, I don't know, I'm probably starting to agree with Andrew of playing more just the original. Um, I think it looks better. I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, I, like, it, it. you could definitely tell it looks older, but, like, yeah. the, I don't agree with the way that they made, like, the weird decisions that they made to, like, update it. Yeah, it just, it makes things too busy and not... Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I'll occasionally switch to the new updated version just to see, like, what they did with this, because it's like, yeah, oh, we're yeah. in a big room. What does this look like? Oh, cool, and then I'll switch it back. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, and that's what I like about it. Yeah, because I, I agree. It's it's very different. It's not how I would have assumed it would have been remastered. Um, I don't like the people because they don't look the. They're not how they are in my head, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't like that. I also really enjoy that. And I don't know if you guys notice this, but if you whatever, you know, if you're in remastered or original, whatever mode you're in when you go into a cutscene, that's yeah. how the cutscene plays. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah, I've seen a lot of old cutscenes. Yeah. Um, God. Anyway, we're like five minutes into this game, so <laughs> yeah, pillar bottom. I mean, the pillar bottom. The the mission itself. Uh, it it kind of is just more of an extended tutorial too, because then yeah, you run up on a thing of grenades and you see a bunch of guys with their back to you and you throw a grenade and they kill them all and then run around the corner and there's another guy with a back to you and you press B to melee. Like it kind of teaches you it's a real campy corridor move from one room to the next. Um, yeah, it's basically just a moving shooting gallery. Yeah. Um, but what's nice is that they, they, they tend to give you like three options to move through the shooting gallery. Yep. You can, you can follow basically you, there are literally arrows on the ground that you can follow, right? You can you follow the arrows and get through it straightforward. Or you can you um you can usually there'll be a hallway that'll branch off that you can take a look down. Sometimes there's like items down there. Sometimes there's nothing down there. Um, uh, but you know usually if you do that, you'll end up like right kind of behind the uh the enemy group. And that way you can get the jump on. You can at least kill like one or two, and then more like tactical position. Yeah, yeah, and then there's sometimes there's like a third option where like you, you can almost skip fights altogether if you just keep running down the path yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah, I like that a lot too because you can. It, I mean, it's however your play style is, right? So, like the first time I played Halo, and it kind of speaks. I mean, the way. You, play halo at least in my mind is you just run and gun right and so i would just like main path bust in i'm not hiding behind anything no tactical shoot everything uh this time through and i guess with the higher difficulties heroic and definitely legendary um you know i'm constantly looking for that second path like okay how can i get at least you know like you said to jump on them and knock a couple of them out before um you know, before everyone starts shooting at me. Yeah. Yep. 
And I, I know I totally agree because you you can't um, run and gun in legendary. As soon as right you get shot, you're basically out of shields, and then yeah. you're you know seconds away from dying. But and uh, it, kind of going back to the the love that they put into this game, it's that's kind of another example of that. They could have made it just yeah, you run down the hallway and shoot the guys in front of you, but like. They, they do give you options, and you can kind of repl- replay it and, oh, I'm going to try it this way, or I'm going to try and sneak around, or, mm-hmm. like, it's it definitely added replayability back in 2001 when I had more time than anything else in the world. Absolutely. Well, and it also added to the different difficulties, right? Because it made the difficulties almost like their own thing a lot more unique because exactly that like if you play an easy or normal you're just gonna you know i'm probably not even gonna think about looking for other ways through you're just gonna bust out and throw as many grenades as you can and shoot everything but like because there are other options it makes each difficulty level especially legendary yeah Yeah. Um, the rest of the mission unless you guys have anything to mention about it it's like i said it's kind of straightforward um corridor hopping and tutorial and kind of learn more of the story. You're, the main mission is to escape the ship in a drop pod, um, which you do. And it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, I do like it that there's, cause I don't, I don't think there, there isn't actually a timer, right? right? But I like that there is the entire time a sense of urgency. And at least when I'm playing it, like, okay, I need to get to the drop ship and get off this boat. Like yeah. I don't, I'm not slowing. Like so, I'm I'm hiding. I'm being tactical, but I'm also moving as fast as I can because that's the whole feeling, right? It, it, yeah, a whole ship is on fire and exploding. So yeah, yeah. There's a sense of urgency pushing you forward. I uh, yeah, it's. I yeah, I really enjoy the opening level of this game. Yeah. One, it set it sets the mood immediately. Two, it doesn't really hold your hand, um, but it teaches you how to play the game in a smart way. Um, and then three, it introduces you to, I think, all of the enemy types that there are. Except um, no. no hunters. Uh, no, well, aside from hunters. Uh, yeah. But it's, um, which we could we could talk for, you know, hours on the different enemy types. But you know, essentially, enemies show up in squads um, where there's usually uh, an elite, which is just like this big bipedal lizard creature um, who is in command of, you know, three or four of these little grunt um, guys who kind of waddle around and say cute, funny things. Um, And, you know, every, every encounter that you have is sort of a choice on whether or not you want to focus on the elite who is a little bit harder to kill um, because he has, he has shields. So you have to bring down the shields to kill him. Um, Or you can pick off his grunts so that you have, instead of five people shooting at you, you've only got one person shooting at you, but that guy hits harder and he's harder to kill. Um, If you kill the, the elite first, it tends to, um, you know, cause panic in the grunts, and they'll run away, and uh, they won't fight you, kind of thing. So you you can you can assess the the environment, your position, their position, and then make a decision, a tactical decision on where you're going to focus fire before you start each encounter, which well, I think is pretty pretty genius. 
Yeah, well, and it's great too because you 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 develop at least I do this mindset that whenever I'm going to fight, so I always lean toward taking out the elite first. Mm-hmm. But what that leads to is it makes you at least subconsciously not you're like not worried about grunts, right? When you see a grunt, sometimes I don't even shoot at him right away because I'm like, okay, there's probably an elite, and I start panning for the elite immediately. But you can't do that because later on, especially if there's enough of them, they'll take you down too. And so it's, I like the way that that plays into it also. And then, you know, depending on later on, when you have different weapons, it's like, okay, do I want to use this ammunition on these grunts while they're all shooting at me? Or do I want to save it for something bigger? Um, but I also like in this mission, it, like they said, it sets the tone where it's, you know, it's, it's relatively serious, but there's also comedy in it, right? There's the Sergeant Johnson cutscene where he's, you know, he's making jokes. The way the, the grunts are reacting is funny. And at the very end, you, when you, you make it in the dropship and the guy falls down and is like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. And then instead of like helping him up, he just kind of palm, Master Chief palms him and throws him into it. It's like, it's a really nice blend, right? Of seriousness, everything is bad and blowing up. And also, okay, it's also, you know, kind of funny. Mm-hmm. The, the guy in the dropship, are we going to make it, Chief? And Chief just looks at him, just kind of put pats him on the shoulder and doesn't <laughs> say a word to him. It's like, no. <laughs> You're gonna die. Like it just. This is. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, he does respond to Cortana. I like the. We'll be fine. Like, do you want to buckle up? And he just oh, braces yeah. himself. And then that's another sense of like, okay, this guy's not. Like, this right. guy is a boss. He's just he a badass. Right. Right. Yeah. Back to right. mission Andrew's two. Point. Oh, well, hang on. But talking about the the AI or the the enemies, um, they they. It, it really is cool. Like they move in squads, but also, you know, if they shoot you up and your shields are charging, they'll advance on you. And yeah, they, yeah. you know, like they, they aren't just standing there waiting for you to show up. They, they see you, they're going to come get you. And I, I don't know it again at, at this point that really wasn't seen. I don't think it was more of just bad guys shoot you. They're kind of just static. They just turn around and instantly start shooting you. And, you can hide behind a corner and they'll just wait for you to run back out. Like mm-hmm. yeah. the most they would do is maybe like pivot behind a corner and then poke their head back out. So you had to like kind of time when to shoot them. But yeah, this was, right. I think this is what I remember the first time when, yeah, they're actually like making decisions. They're avoiding grenades that you're throwing. They're finding cover on their own. Yep. And I, I feel like even the new call of duties, they, they still don't seem to match the AI that halo had where it's just like, the enemies are so predictable in Call of Duty, whereas this they they do stupid things that like mess you up sometimes. Even though I've played it a million times, like yeah, no, those jackals charged me for some reason and they killed me. Like, what, how does that work? But Dude, fucking jackals are the worst, man. <laughs> the jackals are so annoying. I love also, and I don't know if it happens in the in Pillar of Autumn, but very early on, I love the the added AI aspect of the grunt who just pops a grenade and then runs at you the suiciding yep because it's like what is happening and it you you immediately have to focus all attention and nine times out of ten it's going to happen when you're reloading and this guy's running at you and he's going to ruin everything or when you're standing on a pile of grenades already (laughs) yes the chain reactions (laughs) um Okay, I mean we've we've managed to talk about this first level without mentioning the titular Halo. Um, when, when, yeah, when the when the Pillar of Autumn comes out of slip space uh, and is being attacked, 
uh, it turns out that uh, there is this giant artificial, I don't even know what you'd call it, planet. It's a ring. It's a ring. It's a big ring. I, although, right away, in the first cutscene, do you get a good look at it? Because I didn't think you got a good look until after the mission. Mm. Yeah, I feel like you did. You kind of... Yeah. Do they? Yeah. I guess maybe you do. So, yeah, there's this giant ring world um, that just is kind of there, right? Like, oh, God, we, we're out of slip space. We're being attacked. Why are the Covenant here? There's this giant ring world that we don't know anything about, but it's the closest, it's the the closest, you know, object that we can crash the big pillar of autumn and land our dropship on. So that's what we're going to do. Um, uh, I believe the plan is to... Um, blow up the Pillar of Autumn <laughs> with, like, a nuclear bomb in order to destroy any sort of trace back to Earth. Um, but in yeah, order they mentioned to do so, they have to... Scene, yeah. The Covenant, yeah, can't capture the ship, otherwise coordinates, right. all that stuff. Yep, so they, they, they so definitely can't get Cortana. For some reason, that means they have to crash the ship. I don't know why. Um, well, they're getting <laughs> shot. I think they're, like, going down anyway. Sure. Well, no, I think I don't think the actual ship is that important. I think they're all. I think that's all in reference to Cortana, and so that's why he gives it to them. And I think if I remember the cutscene, it's he stays with the ship to like so th- to provide cover for the drop ships, right? So he's he's getting all of their fire, and he's going to crash land it on the planet. But I think it's mainly as a decoy. Makes sense. But the captain goes down with the ship, kind of a thing. Yep. Yeah. All right. So it's what's what is great about the next part, right? So mission two is just titled Halo. Yeah. And you you crash your dropship, as we said earlier, does not go well for everyone else on board. And it's it's your first look at what Halo is basically known for, right? Is these huge, massive worlds where everything's giant. And it's, I don't know, right away, you, you come from, you know, the Pillar of Autumn where it's all closed quarters and everything's blowing up, and you step out of this, and it's just this huge world. Open world, it yeah. looks fantastic. Yeah. And you, I mean, you aren't really given too much direction on where to go. Um, you, you know, there apparently there's some chatter over the comms that are like, oh, there were some other survivors on the ship. Let's see if we can go find their dropships um, while avoiding um, Covenant landing parties that have also are, you know, on Halo for some reason. Because um, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily there to, um, you know, kill the Pillar of Autumn. They were there when the Pillar of Autumn came out of slip space. So, um they're uh, they're you know the covenant are trying to do their thing and you're just trying to survive. Um, right. So you, well, yeah. What's what's criminal up to this point is we we haven't talked about the sound of the game yet. Oh my god, the guns, the music, <laughs> they're fantastic. Everything about the sounds and music, yeah, it's just it it really is amazing. Um, each gun, it has a you know a reading. When you switch to that gun, it it makes a sound whether you're you know. Pulling the chamber. That's not the right word. You guys know what I'm saying. Guns. Oh. Yeah, when, you're, when, you, when you chamber a yeah. bullet. Yeah. Yep. The pistol, you know exactly what it sounds like, and they're yep. all. Well, yeah, the music is. I mean, if you, if you hum the Halo tune to someone who's played the game 
minimally, they know what you're talking about because it's fantastic and it sticks with you. I bet you could go the three notes of ba 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 ba, and like every person that's played Halo or even just Halo adjacent, they know that sound. They they know what that song is. Yep, like, I did that to Steph, who she played Halo a little bit right when it came out, but like she does not play video games. Only played a little bit of the first one, and I did that. I went dun, 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 and she just looked at me and she was, "Why are you singing the Halo song?" And I was like, "Yes, right." <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, there's just there's a medley of songs and they always they're they're keyed to the right times of, OK, stuff is going to happen here or I knew it need to escape this place. Here comes the electric guitar. Like it's it's so good. Um, and that that carries out through every mission. Throughout the yeah. whole game, like it, it, it's just flawless. I also like it though because so the, the the music picks up during fights, right? But it's not like other games where if there's no music playing, you don't have to worry, right? Because there's some games where you if there's no music, you just run around, and then as soon as it picks up, you shoot everything yeah. until the music turns off, and that's not how it is, right? Yeah. Like it's like when you kind of need to be quiet and you're sneaking, there's no music, and but there's still enemies, and so you like have to shoot them, and that, that's how Halo starts out. I think I don't think there's much music right away. And then you hear, you know, the banshees flying in and you're trying to find cover and avoid things. And yeah, I just I think that's really well done, too, because otherwise, I don't know, it just keeps you ready. Right. Because other games, as soon as the music dies, like, okay, time to loot, time to move on, you know, whatever. Yeah. So uh, the start of the Halo, this mission, Halo, uh, second mission, you kind of run along the cliffs, you shoot down the banshees that are flying around, which that's kind of crazy. Like, oh, there's actually ships flying at me that i can shoot and kill do you guys um, shoot them down oh yeah i don't i don't i run away i, I, run. I kill everything <laughs> um and then yeah you hear some chatter of some marines um and they're kind of on this platform and it's they're holding out against uh wave after wave of covenant that come down and drop ships um and the 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 combat cycle of this game too it's it's very rhythmic and i think i even read something it's like the the 30 second combat or 30 second mm, window gameplay loop. Yeah. Yeah. Gameplay. There you go. And, and so that that's, that's the entire game is there are going to be enemies. You're going to fight them for about 30 seconds. You can breathe a little bit, collect some guns. And then here comes the next 30 second gameplay loop. Like, mm-hmm. which maybe sounds, I don't know, restrictive or not that fun, but it does it so well uh, that it, it, you don't notice it and it's you're excited for the next enemies to come or like, holy crap, I'm getting overwhelmed. Here comes another group. Here's the, it just, it, it keeps going and keeps cycling. Um, and so this area, it's a lot of fun for that reason because there's Marines with you and they're shooting the bad guys and they're terrible. They're, they're chit chat in the back. I love, I love <laughs> the Marine chit chat, like the yeah. chatter. The yes. amount of like, I, I it probably drives people crazy. The amount that like the, these guys are quipping back and forth in in between you know uh, waves of enemies, but like it's so much better than most games. Like they don't tend to repeat lines too often. No, um, right. so it doesn't really get too uh, too repetitive. Um, they're usually telling you something interesting. 
um, that like pertains to the action that's happening. Right. Um, like they'll they'll let you know if they're if their enemies coming. They'll let you know if they're reloading or if they need more ammo. We'll even call it direction of enemies. You know, they'll say you know they're coming in behind us or uphill or downhill. Yeah, you know it's actually can be helpful information. Right? Yeah. So, sometimes it's just you know, oh the chief is here or you know, right. I don't know. The banter's yep. fantastic though. They are <laughs> largely ineffectual though. They are terrible at killing anything um, and basically are just there to uh, you know yell one-liners at you. Right. Which, and they, which I'm fine with. They make you also in a way because they are so weak and kind of worthless. They make you feel like you're that one man army. Like it's like, oh man, that entire squad of them just got wiped out by a bunch of grunts. Whereas I can slaughter a thousand grunts, and like, you know, it, it kind of puts you in that story of I'm I'm super soldier and mm-hmm. I can do, do it you all. Guys, do you guys go into marine protection mode, or you just focus on killing everything else and however many marines survive, survive, and you're not concerned about it? On heroic, it's like impossible to really keep them alive because they yeah. just they'll stand on top of grenades. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I do feel bad though, like when I'm trying to save a group and they don't. There's like yeah. just this is just a moment where I'm like, oh. oh if okay, I've got, here. yeah, I feel I only feel bad if I've got like Mendoza or um, the fucking Australian dude that I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah, uh, Dave, I don't know if you know, uh, but like each of those Marines, each of their voice actors. You know, it's the same eight guys, probably yeah. less than that, that did the voice acting for all of them, but they all have their names. So it's like, you know, you'll you have the Mexican Mendoza, yeah, you have the Australian, whatever his name is, you have Sergeant Johnson, like it'll cycle through all of those. Um but yeah, Mendoza definitely is the best. Uh just just loves being there, loves shooting bad guys. Well and then so this is also the first so after you clear out the original thing, this is where then a, a pelican comes in. And it drops a warthog. And so I love that too, because the Marines are just so dumb with the warthog. And you feel bad when you accidentally, inevitably run a couple over. And I don't know, they jump on the back of the gun. And when you're flying off cliffs, doing fist bumps mid air, sometimes while it's rotating upside down, is uh, I love it. Yeah, it's so great. Like that's that's that interaction of yeah, you do a sweet sweet jump or get some sick air, and they just go yeah, woohoo! Like they're so much more alive than any other companions in any game. Even if it's like real, you know, voice acted companion that you're supposed to have ten thousand lines of dialogue with. Like somehow these random weak ass marines feel so much more alive than a lot of you know other games companions. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember any of the characters in Mass Effect. I don't know any of their names. Right, I know yeah. Shepard. I don't know. I, but I remember Mendoza from uh, <laughs> right. like nineteen years ago. Right. <laughs> so. so the so the next part when you get your warthog, right? You're driving around and it's been because all the dropships have come down, and so yeah. it's, there's three dropships, and you got to go to three different areas. It's semi open world. Um, well, it's pretty open world, I guess. You have to, you have to go find them, and you got to save them. I don't know about you guys, and maybe it's just because I didn't play it enough. I, if you ask me to like draw out the layout, there's zero chance at all. I couldn't do it. Oh. But for some reason, I just end up driving, and I always go to them in the same order. Do you start and, left? 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if I go left, if I go right, but it's the same order every yeah. single time. You, you go to the. You get the sniper rifle, and then you go left. What? And then. What? No. Wait. So do you do the cliffside one first, or the rocks one first? Cliffside. Yeah, I cliffside. do the cliffside one. I didn't know there was a sniper rifle. Yeah, the there's a drop ship with a bunch of dead marines that has a sniper rifle in it. Oh, I must have missed it this time around. Yeah. But it's always cliffside rocks and then final one where you inevitably get picked up at yeah but i i don't know how to get around i don't know which way to drive but it happens every single time i did i did rocks last i did cliffs and then i did the one with the hill that's kind of in the back that you can snipe people from the hill yep and then i did the rocks last um that's the way I found it. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going. I just drive yeah. around and find stuff. Uh, speaking of driving around and finding stuff, um, <laughs> Warthog. the Warthog, the Warthog uh, controls like absolute dog shit. I did not, re- <laughs> in my mind, it it handled way better than... It's so squirrely. It's terrible. I don't, I, I... Uh... So it depends on which way you're looking. But like no, I... your left stick doesn't actually steer. It's yeah. your whatever direction you point, it's gonna kinda turn that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas in later kind games of. It's a yeah. mere suggestion. Yeah, right. It's it loosely tries to chase your cursor. Um whereas in later games, I feel like the left stick you can steer with the left stick, even though you're looking to the right or something. You can steer kinda to the left. It has a little bit of give that way. But yeah, no, it's uh... No, it like it does not want to go left or right. No. Uh, like it is so slow at you. You just be you can you can try to you know aim ninety degrees to the right and and then it will it will take it ten seconds to to actually turn to the right. <laughs> um, so I did so many like uh, flipping my warthog because I, you know, hit the corner or something um, that it didn't turn in time. Just a ton of running into walls. And, like, Austin Powers getting my warthog stuck in, like, weird, you know, 90-point turn type things. Like, I I wedged it in so many places. It's crazy. Like, I I could... I I remembered this controlling way better than it actually does. It kind of feels like it's you're playing like any other game where you're driving on ice. It just kind yeah. of feels like that's the constant. <laughs> the I mean, I, I I literally spent like five minutes looking in the menus trying to see and find like if there was a, a, a driving sensitivity uh, setting that I just had turned all the way down. I don't I don't feel the same way you do. I love it. Like I yeah, go back I, to it. It's I didn't to fix it. I just forgot just about fine. it and then enjoyed it. <laughs> It's so it's it's so like steering through molasses. Yeah, it's terrible. It, it's what I, it is. I though. know it gets better in other games. It. it has to get better in other games. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why my memory of it is 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 so much better than it actually is. But the, anyway, the tank in Assault and Control Room was way worse than I remember it being. But one of my one of my favorite things about this mission is like, um, on uh, I think the rocks part where you're supposed to get picked up. I had one Marine survive, and so I drove yeah. down to the, the dropship, and I didn't have any in the, my Warthog. Like, it was it, it was a rough go for him. Um, 
Mm. But so I, I park kind of in front of the dropship. I'm like, okay, the guy needs to get in the dropship. And he hops in the back of my warthog. Yep. And the dropship's like, all right, see you later. Like, <laughs> no one got on. They're like, oh, this is this did not end well. <laughs> yep. Well, I love yeah. it too. Like, when you do get the warthog, so you have the Marines with you, and then you get it wedged in somewhere, <laughs> yep. and you'll fall out, and you have to flip it. But they're standing right underneath it or right next to it. And you know, they're, they're, they don't move. But you know it's going to kill them. And I like yeah. I will look at them for a second. Then I go, well, this is on you, buddy. And then you inevitably flip the Warthog and you kill the Marine. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah, I got the Warthog stuck between a wall and a rock. And I couldn't move it backwards or forwards. But I had a guy in the gunner and a guy in the side. And the only way I could get the Warthog out was just throw like four grenades at it. <laughs> and I killed them both. Nice. Uh, but, I uh, love it that they made it so the Warthogs are indestructible, too. So you can do that. See, <laughs> just blow them up. Do you guys ever jump in the gunner seat and let them drive? Never. That's insanity. Why would you? Can you even do that in this one? I didn't think you could in this one. I don't. I don't know if you can because I didn't. I don't do it. I, I think that starts in Halo two, three, maybe three. Yeah, I don't think you can in this one. Oh, okay. I don't know. But yeah, the, it doesn't get any better throughout the games, though. The AI is just dog shit. Yep. I will say it drives me crazy when they're on the back gun and they aren't just holding the gun down. Yeah. They're just shooting little bursts. It's like, no, just it's a chain gun. Just, yeah. The, the dropship flying overhead instead of the grunt three feet in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, the mission it basically is to rescue more Marines and then. Uh, the idea is, okay, we found the location of Captain Keys, and that's the next mission is after you kind of gather up all the Marines. And I'm sure it really was more of a plot device of, look how beautiful our our map is, or, you know, our, our game is. Yeah. And we had to slap in, okay, what are we doing in this mission? Uh, let's throw some Marines that they have to rescue. Like, yep. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the skyboxes in this game are uh, really pretty. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that you know stands out is you land and then you're on a halo, you know, a ring world, and you look and you can see the ring in the horizon just sort of wrap up and around and go over top of you and sort of disappear out of view. Um, which is, you know, it's just cements that like, yep, you are on a ring, um, and it's pretty cool. It's like this is yeah. It it makes you feel small and like yep. makes you realize how big this thing actually is too. Yeah, it's a great constant because yeah. whenever you're outside, it's always there. And yeah, it's it's really well done. Right. Did you guys go um, in a building that went underground in this level? Yep. yep. Did you? Um, I really liked that. And this was like one of the first. I I was playing with headphones on, um, so I didn't upset anybody else in my house um and this is the first time that i've actually noticed that the the music changed to be a much more like alien creepy vibe like this is the first time playing this game where it actually has given me some of the spookies like kind of like ah, oh, like the the it, the music definitely sets up like a there's a weirdness, an alienness to the things and that you're investigating. Um, and then when you get back outside, it's it's 
you know, when you're back out in the open, it, you feel safe. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it was interesting that you know I had never really noticed before that like, you know, they they're trying to set like a almost like a, a horror type yeah. tone. Huh? No, I guess I I didn't notice that, but I might just go back and like replay just that spot just to hear it because yeah, I didn't pick up on that either. You notice it a lot more going like in, further into the game. Like the further down you get into the ring, um, it seems like the the more well one the more alien the environments are, and two, um, like it kind of gets a little bit more creepy in tone with the music. Yeah, yeah. But did you guys ever uh, notice the uh, when you get low health, uh, heartbeat mm-hmm. is in the yes. background. Yep, because I was constantly uh, at low health. <laughs> yep, that's where I was at the whole time. I never noticed it until yeah, I had headphones. Like it's you, you really can hear some of those things. But like I played that game up and down for probably a thousand hours, and I never realized that unless they just added it into this version. Which maybe I was gonna, did. I was gonna do a little bit of because like I feel like they changed some things specifically for the anniversary edition. Mm-hmm. Um, that. And maybe maybe it's just that the game is so old and it's been a long time since. But it does feel like there's some weird things happening. Um, that I I'm going to attribute to the remaster, but I don't I don't know for sure. Uh, things things like the and when we when we get around to talking about truth and reconciliation, um, the the marine AI was particularly annoying and um <laughs> yes. there there's some weird like graphical hiccups and noise like like you know, sound effect glitches that seem to happen especially when using the plasma pistol but um yeah well yeah so i hope uh yeah I- i'm excited I- it's been really fun playing it it's great playing you know doing it again nostalgias just through the roof it's one of those games too where like you said i probably put a thousand hours into it and it doesn't matter it's just as enjoyable every single time um yeah so yeah we'll keep doing this with the rest of them uh yeah anything you guys want to add before we uh go off yeah you guys are both touched on like this is a game that uh, if it if, if people can't tell this is a game that all three of us have played the crap out of, you know, it's probably fairly evident that we hold it in very high regard. Um, I would say a for a formative game, uh, for, for me as a fledgling gamer. Um, and I, I, it, it this is the first time where I'm playing it with intention, like intent and not just zipping through it with Blaine on a weekend because we have nothing better to do. Um so like these sometimes these are some of these cutscenes are the first time I've actually watched these cutscenes. Um and listening to the music and you know and and paying attention to setting and mood and 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 dialogue and things like that. So it's been it's been an interesting experience so far. And yeah. I think I think I I I know you guys want to try co-op, but I think I want to just kind of play it by myself and spend time in the game but just swim around in it for a little while yeah 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. It's I've played it, yeah, a million times, and it playing it with this sort of intention, and it is a little bit like uh, you know how you hear a, a song on the radio or something that you haven't heard in 20 years, and it brings back a, a you know a lucid memory of a time of oh yeah I was on the beach with my friends doing this or that like it it, it crystallizes so clear like. Playing this again, it it gives me that that same sensation, that mm. the same feeling that like, yeah, I'm back in 2001, 2002, where the the thing I have to worry about is homework, and that's it. And it, <laughs> yeah. you know, it yeah. it definitely skews my view and maybe your guys's view of how great this game is because of the nostalgia value. But it it really is a phenomenal and yeah foundational game of my gaming career i don't know if that's a thing yeah. but yeah well I, I love it too so when 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 halo came out i didn't have a console right and so i couldn't play it and everyone else played halo for a while before i got an xbox but i you know everyone was talking about how awesome it was and you know doing halo parties and all this stuff and so like the, the hype was crazy when i finally got my xbox and then I didn't even get Halo right away. I don't even remember when I owned it myself. But, you know, I would play it at probably your guys' houses and stuff. Um, but, you know, when they were doing co-op or multiplayer. And so when I finally did play it, you know, it was through the roof hype. And it just completely lived up to it. Right? It was not over. I don't know if you could overhype it. Um, but it's, I don't know. And that's part of the reason why I think it stands out for me. Because it was just it was supposed to be this incredible thing that everyone had talked about for a long time. It was like, I think well over a year since it was out before I finally ended up getting it and sitting down by myself and playing it. And it lived up to everything. And I was like, this is so, so good. And now I get it and it's awesome. And I, I think there's very few things when you hear that much hype about it, where, you know, at least a little bit of you when you finally goes, Oh, I thought it was going to be better. Um, I never really knew what to expect, but it, I don't know. I, just, I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's just so good. And going back to playing, that, it kind of brings me right back to that where, yeah, I don't know. It's just really, really exciting. Again. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. That's probably a reason why this episode went so long because we're picking apart all these little things that maybe we didn't notice at the time, but also we appreciate so much because of uh, the yeah. history or our history with it. Yeah, but yeah, we'll 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 try and cut them down a little a little shorter. Um, you know, like Blaine said, we're gonna try and do these every two weeks. But you know, since we did the intro and ran a little long, we'll do um, every week or we'll do th- uh, three weeks in a row for uh, the first game, and we'll f- kind of figure it out from there. And we'll try and get them get them narrowed down. But uh, yeah, thanks uh, thanks him for listening. Uh, thanks for. Uh, you guys for playing it. It was kind of fun. I think me and Blaine played the first ones not together, but like at the same time. So that was kind of cool. Like knowing that you were playing through it at the same time I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, unlike the other times, we don't apologize for wasting your time because we won't be wasting your time at all as we yeah. replay these. Oh God, no. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. We will talk to you next week. Thanks listener. Bye Craig.